Welcome to Stories to Dismember. You're hanging out with me, Aaron, and my two co-hosts, Lindsay and Miguel. Yo. <laughs> Hello. Hey. That's awkward pause. Oh, there you go. <laughs> we're here. We're, we're weird today. We're weird. Today's weird. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And in case you didn't know and you want to play along at home, we are doing Cabin Fever, which is a 2002 movie, which Miguel is going to give us a little background on. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Like Lindsay said, I'm in a weird mood today, so just bear with me. That's no, okay. I'm in a weird mood too. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. All right. Uh, so yeah, Cabin Fever. I chose this movie because I remember watching it as a kid and how weird it was, specifically a couple of parts that I'm assuming we're going to be talking a lot about uh, when we get to it. Um, so yeah, it's a movie from... Uh, let me just read the thing it says here because I've been doing a lot of reading today. Uh, let's see. Cabin Fever is a 2002 American horror comedy film written and directed by Eli Roth. Uh, this is his first film, Eli Roth's first film. Anybody who has watched a lot of horror movies probably recognizes that name. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He made the Hostel series, which is his most famous horror series. It's a classic. In, well, the first movie is a classic, in my opinion. It's, it's very good. Uh he was also in *Inglorious Bastards* by Quentin Tarantino, where he was very good at acting there. Uh, and yeah, that's all I had. Well, I'm gonna talk more about him as we go through the movie, but I think so the movie deals—it's not a spoiler. It, it deals with uh, a disease. And Lindsay, you said you had some—I don't know if you want to say yes. it right now or do you want to get into? Yeah, 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 yeah. You I'm really, right um, I was really fascinated by, uh, what inspired this movie. Um, yeah. before I say that, I want to say that I've had cabin fever stuck in my head, uh, from the Muppet Treasure Island movie mm. <laughs> because of this film title, but that's completely unrelated. Okay. Sorry for the distraction. Um, so Eli Roth based this movie on his own experience with a bacterial infection that ate away at his face when he was, uh, I think he was 19 years old and he was working on a farm in some Nordic country. And uh, he thought a mosquito bit him at first and he was scratching and scratching and, oh, here we go. I'm just going to read what he said. He said, I was 21 years old when I wrote it, and it was actually based on an incident when I was in Iceland. I was working on a horse farm, and I was cleaning hay, hay out of this barn and got this infection on my face. I thought it was a mosquito bite, so I was scratching, scratching, and I looked at my hand, and there were huge chunks of flesh. So I kept scratching and scratching and scratching, not really thinking. And the next day, I went to shave, and I literally shaved a third of my face off. So he <laughs> he was like, wow, Whoa. this is a great premise for a movie. So he wrote a right? script. Yeah. Yo. That's crazy. Uh, well, that explains the movie. And then, yeah. I mean, uh, they say write what you know. So he uh, he really took that to heart. Yeah, I would have been terrified. I'd been such a baby. 
Yeah, I, I think, I yeah, don't think I don't my know. thought would be to write a script. I think um, I just would have. No. <laughs> I've been traumatized. And like... I mean, presumably he was traumatized and he didn't yeah. immediately like hunker down to write a script, but yeah. It's crazy. All right, whatever. I was going to say the crazier part is he was in Iceland when that happened. I was like, <laughs> yeah, he goes to Iceland. I wanted That's to crazy. know more about that too. And he was working on a farm. How did that happen? <laughs> He was in Iceland? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. At 19 years old. Because I'm going (laughs) to be in Iceland. Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's right. Oh, yeah. Uh, Don't get mosquito bitten. Wear bug spray. I guess so. That's that's crazy. Uh, All right. All right. Let's get into the movie. Um, All right. First, first thing I wrote down. Early two thousands opening credits with just a a thing on the screen and the intro credits, which I that I don't I don't ever see that in movies anymore. The intro credits, like, like I wrote that down many, too because I really yeah. liked it. Yeah, and it got me. It reminded me of all the early two thousands movies. They all have that. It's like the two minute intro oh, really? before before you see anything on screen. I don't, you just never see that anymore. So I thought that was. Yes, this movie was made in 2002. And but to it describe in. it to our uh, listeners, how would you describe it? Just a bunch of red on the screen with the people's names on it and music in the background. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, there was disturbing music in the background. Yeah. There was also, like, flies buzzing in the oh, sound. Oh, yeah. yeah. Makes sense and, with the movie, but... And the, I think the um, sort of the background where the uh, title, the opening credits were, um, was sort of reminiscent of uh, like gross, discolored skin, and it was all like yeah. flesh tones and red and and gross. So it was definitely like preparing you for the the theme, I guess. Yeah, I saw that for I five was seconds. Excited. Yeah. First thing we see is a guy walking in the woods with a dead rabbit in his hand. And he just keeps walking. And he sees a dog on the ground. He spots a dog. And he checks on it. it well, to me, it was obviously dead, but this guy just kept checking yes. on it for some reason. Uh, and so he's touching it, touching it, and he accidentally opens its stomach. And that's the first thing we see in the movie. And he gets blood all over his face. I'm going to... Okay, so I'm just going to say this right now. Mm. A lot of the notes I took are like one sentence for like a lot of a lot of a scene. Because I, I, it's very hard. No worries. Yeah, yeah. so if you guys want to get into more detail, just interrupt me with it. Because I'm going to be moving pretty fast. Because this movie, after a certain point, just it's a lot of people doing a lot of stuff at the same time. <laughs> it's... Uh, yeah. I think I took All pretty right. good notes this time, so mm-hmm. I'm happy to assist. Okay. Just uh, hop in with the assist if I just fly by like 20 minutes of the movie. Teamwork. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, so smash cut to our crew. And like every time I have to figure out their names at the beginning because I don't want to get confused. So we got Jeff, the blonde guy. Marcy. <laughs> that's, the... <laughs> that's literally what I wrote. <laughs> Word for Marcy. word. Yeah. 
for real. If they say, if you say blonde guy, then Jeff's pictures in the dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> for real, this guy is a piece of work. We're going to get into him. Uh, all right, Jeff, the blonde guy. Marcy, his girlfriend, the brunette. I think that's right. Karen, unfortunate name. Uh, Karen's the blonde. Paul, who is, I guess, our main character, technically. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'd call him He's the main got character. main character energy. Yeah. <laughs> and Bert, who is, I don't know about you, but he's the guy I remember the most about <laughs> in this movie. Uh, I wrote here best character, but that's up to opinion. Because, uh, so... Yeah, um, I put we'll, dummy we'll beside his name. Yeah, dummy. Yeah, yeah, that's more like it. Okay. I didn't like him. <laughs> He's just wanting to have fun. Looking for uh, a good time. I liked how dumb he was. But, yeah. Ugh, I hated him. Mar- <laughs> yeah. He was a douchebag though. Like yeah, there's dumb yeah. in a fun way and then there's dumb yeah. in a jerky way. Yeah. I'm just gonna say none of I didn't like any of these these people. I would not hang out with these people. Even Paul, even he, he even, was the most no, normal guy. It, well, yeah. He, yeah, even, but he, even him. I'll get into that. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm getting goodness. mad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Poor Paul. I know. I knew no, this no, 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 no. You, no, you no, just no. wait. Like, Paul, he deserves some uh, chastising, too. That's why I chose this movie. I knew. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so Marcy. We, the first thing we hear from our crew here is Marcy telling a kid to not go to college because it's a scam. I wrote down, kind of, yeah. I can kind of yeah. agree with that. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That was my experience. Yeah. Uh, Same. <laughs> probably one of the only things I'm going to agree with them on in this movie. So we just get a little bit of a road trip feel in these next couple of seconds here. Yeah. It just definitely yeah, the same uh setup as the previous two summer camp kind of movies we covered yeah. where it's a group of friends getting ready for a road trip and mm-hmm. summer vacation. Yeah, this is this is Cabin in the Woods without the zombies and the irony behind it, I guess. <laughs> uh so we get a little bit of a road trip feel here. They stop at a gas station. Horror movie classic, you always got to stop at a gas station before getting to your destination. Uh, and it's always the so, creepiest gas station you can find, too. Very <laughs> creepy looking. <laughs> like, you would literally not stop at these gas stations in real life. Can, <laughs> I, can I interject real quick? Mm-hmm. Sure. So, I come from a very rural town in Georgia, and I got such nostalgia vibes. Uh, not just from the whole setting of the movie, but the uh, general store that the kids come to as well, like that's a pretty typical site where I'm from. So for me, I got kind of excited. <laughs> yeah. F- oh yeah. You're nostalgic, you said. Yeah. Oh my. God. Like I come. Okay, so- fr- I I my um the area I grew up in is at the base of the Appalachian Mountains, and and this film was shot in North Carolina. Uh, so it's it's very um, it's very nostalgic for me. It's sort of similar to where I grew up. Yeah, I was just gonna say we never with the bad hear parts it, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say they never the say where they. And the... <laughs> yeah, well, you're right. They didn't they didn't say where they were, but I looked it up later. Yeah, me too. It's like 
yeah, this movie does not tell you a lot about anything. <laughs> you just kind of go with these people. Okay, Paul sits next to Dennis, who is this kid. Uh, what do you call what? What do you call those chairs? Not like a swing, but I, I'm, I, I just put chair. But I don't know was it a bench? I don't remember. Bench, kind of, yeah, like a swinging bench. It's like, oh, a porch I, swing. Yeah, it's it's seats. It's enough for two people to sit on. Which, if you don't want anybody to sit next to him, you just put him in a chair. But whatever. Uh, <laughs> so Paul sits next to Dennis. Gets bit by Dennis, who is this little blonde kid. Who has some sort of behavioral problems. Right? Which is... I I don't know. Uh, The store owner... Not the store owner, but the... Well, Dennis's dad uh, comes out and says everybody knows not to sit next to Dennis, even though there's always a space open to sit next to him, which is apparently... All everybody else's fault. Uh, it's so, so annoying. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. These people. So Paul goes to wash his hands in the stream. The rest of the crew. I don't know why I keep. Every time I mention them in a group, I say crew. Like that. <laughs> well, okay. The rest of the crew shops inside and talk to the shopkeep and ask a bunch about a bunch of stuff. Uh, and then I can't repeat stuff they said yeah yeah (laughs) yeah the old man Uh, that um was manning the shop he was sort of charming at first because he was like a little old man with a gray beard and glasses and he was sort of going on an old man tangent about what they had in the store and then he started dropping the n-word and the r-word and using gay as a pejorative and just overall Showing that he's not a pleasant old man after all. The one, I guess, interesting thing about that is he wasn't the stereotypical, like, scary old man who gives warnings about the place you're heading to. Like, he was... Right. Mm-hmm. Like, he was soft-voiced, like, like a cool dude in that respect until he dropped the end bomb, which made everybody uncomfortable, including, including he, me. Oops, sorry. Yeah. Even though he did tell them not to go into the woods and nobody questioned him on it. I was mm. like, come on. Yeah, I mean... I didn't even catch that. I think I was just so shocked that he was using all of this, like, horrible language that I <laughs> I completely missed that he actually did warn them. Yeah, he dropped it, like, matter-of-factly, like, you know, we're going out to the cabin and stay out of the woods. And stay out of the woods, yeah. What's in the woods? Not good stuff, I guess. And... No, I was going to say, like, including me, I did not remember him saying that from when I first time rewatching it. And when he said it, I was like, whoa, like that got me. I'm like, oh, OK, this is definitely 2002. Uh, yeah, it's definitely yeah. like a thing of the time where like, I mean, I feel like the N word was obviously not acceptable, um, which yeah, is why no, yeah. even the crew uh, was shocked by it. But back then people were a lot more loose about using the r word uh and using gay as a pejorative um oh yeah yeah so because even like the crew i'm gonna call them the crew too (laughs) because they used it loosely throughout the whole movie so it's definitely as you said definitely a thing from that time including as a joke like that's the main thing like using it as a butt of the joke thing which yeah that's get what back i mean to. like they 
Yeah. They just use it so casually, like. And yeah, that was definitely like I remember stuff I said when I was younger, and I'm like, I definitely wouldn't say that now. <laughs> and yeah, I like, grew maturing as like, wow, like yeah, same. Yeah, the two thousands, man. Even as a kid, I was like, crazy. <laughs> uh, okay, so oh yeah, so uh, the crew goes outside they're uncomfortable it's good that they showed that they were uncomfortable with what was being said yeah mm-hmm. like at least you know you know at least they got that going uh so you go outside well, even marcy because jeff said the word and marcy oh, doesn't yeah. say that say the n-word jeff mm-hmm. isn't i hate jeff he's the one i hated the most in this movie like yeah he does he, suck because i know i rem- like i like people like him like there's a specific type of people like him and it's like yeah uh all right so yeah i'm just gonna read this bird tries to steal steal a snickers bar because of the nougat but was caught i like that that was a funny little (laughs) why would you steal a snickers bar for all four because of the nougat that got me i don't know it's so dumb but it's like i thought that was funny uh all right so they go to all right so they go to the cabin Page one done. Page two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they go inside the cabin. Marcy and uh, Marcy and Jeff immediately have sex. Obviously. Uh, yeah, and it's very uh, visceral. Is <laughs> that the right word for? Very graphic. Can I just say, <laughs> yeah. when this scene popped up, Stratton said, uh, "Okay, you need to stop letting the guys pick the films." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, but we're all picking them. It's uh, and oh. it is a thing with horror films, like Yeah. There's very... there's gonna be sex scenes in a lot of them. Stratton's like boys, boys, boys. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm not a prude, but like this particular movie was very gratuitous with the sex scenes. Like it was uh, it's like yeah. a return to the eighties. It felt like yeah, we we get that. Yeah, we'll get. It's a lot. I think. Yeah, I think we're. I'm going to talk about the intention behind the film. I guess with its comedy behind it. I guess. Uh, All right. So Paul. Oh no no no! Paul and and Karen go for a dip. Bert goes to hunt squirrels. Which, I'm just gonna. Okay, I'm just going to talk about this joke, and then you can say your feelings about it. I remember as a kid, it was the early 2000s, I was a kid, we laughing really hard at the joke about why would you want to hunt squirrels because they're gay. And now oh, it isn't yeah, as yeah, funny. Yeah. <laughs> but I do remember laughing really, really hard, and I think that's one of the reasons I remember this movie, because of that one joke I remember as a little kid, just laughing so hard at that joke. I don't know why, but I guess it's just okay. the way he says it. Yeah, because he the, says it just so nonchalantly. For the full like, joke, wasn't it Marcy or somebody that was like, yeah. "Why are you going to hunt squirrels?" And he said, "Because they're gay." And then she yeah. says something like, "That's yeah. not okay." And then he says, "No, no, no! Like I'll shoot the stri- uh, the straight squirrels straight ones too. too." Yeah, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, that it was a funny. pretty common joke theme back then. Yeah, 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 a lot of movies did it. So I think everybody just kind of threw one of yeah. those in every now and then. I mean, it's, it's, I it's nice to highlight some of the humor in the movie. Yeah, um, yeah. Because it is a comedy to... film. 
It's like it's twenty year old comedy, but yeah. I was gonna say it's like twenty five percent comedy and seventy five percent horror. Yeah, it's like thirty percent blood. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Okay, so it would be funny to break Mm. down every film like this. Fifteen percent nudity. There was a surprising amount of sex. Uh, I guess it didn't take up like that much percentage of the film, no. but it felt like it with how much there actually was. Yeah, there was two sex scenes, but they they they, they were sex scenes. So. There were there were two, okay, um, there were like two and a half. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I'll get into oh, the half oh, part later because that's oh. what that's what got me all worked up earlier. That's what oh, got me. Oh, I know it. Yeah, um, yeah. I, Gotcha. It's anyway. We we is, sort of derailed a little bit, but I think this is going to be a long one. I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So Bert goes hunting for squirrels. Paul and Karen. Okay. Uh, can we? Paul and Karen's relationship. Paul is for this ten seconds. Paul is struggling to tell her that he loves her, even though it's very obvious. Uh, and he's loved see, her since the eighth grade or something. Yeah. And everybody knows, Karen knows, it's very obvious that you just say it. So Bert, Bert's hunting. We cut back, Paul and Karen talk on that little thing on top of the water. And then floating kiss. Duck. And I guess, yeah, floating duck. And then they kiss. And I guess they're together now. And and that's that for that. I guess they're together. I don't know. That was just very quick relationship thing, I guess. Uh, uh yeah yeah uh da, 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 ba, ba. okay uh there's a lot of random stuff that just happens bert starts a fire around the firewood firewood in a circle and then leaves just starts a fire <laughs> <laughs> uh so bert's hunting he accidentally shoots a person while hunting it's that was the, the guy from it from before yeah from before his, so I'm just gonna say his name is Henry. We later learn, so, so I'm just gonna call him Henry from now from now on. Because uh, so it's it's Henry from the beginning, and he looks awful. He's obviously has a disease. I'm guessing from the blood of the dog from earlier. Uh, yeah, terrible. Jump two, them around a campfire later that night, and Paul. This is my, this is my favorite part of the whole movie. Because the way it was filmed, Paul tells the story of the bowling alley murders. Uh, killer was a disgruntled employee who killed all the other employees, including <laughs> including the smiling bald man. Played played <laughs> by played by I later I later learned uh, Eli Roth's older brother. Oh really? Yeah. His name something Roth. I'm getting Adam. Adam Roth. Adam Roth. Yes, yes, yes. What did y'all think about that scene? That was my favorite part of the whole movie because it was just so different from everything. It was just like a campfire. I liked story. how it was shot. Like it was cool yeah. how um we see the story from his point of view as he's telling it, where it's like all black except for uh, spotlights highlighting these characters as he's describing them. I appreciated that part, but to me, it didn't really seem like it was relevant to the story. So I will admit that I sort of um, did not pay close attention to this scene. Yeah. Well, you have to you have to tell scary stories when you're around a campfire, right? 
Of course. That's yeah, right. but I sort of feel like if you're, um, this is me speaking as somebody who has no experience with like uh, script writing or film of any kind, but I feel like you might as well make use of a scene like that and tell a story that sort of um, would foreshadow what's to come or just make mm. it relevant in some way. But that's just be me being nitpicky. This, yeah, I felt this. <laughs> no, that's what it is. No, I felt this was definitely like Eli Roth's, like flexing his writing muscles. Like, I'm gonna write hmm. this. Like, they're gonna love this script writing of mine, and for definitely like a moment to show like Paul's acting. I guess. I uh, mean, he wrote like, this when he was 21, so yeah. like it's it's pretty good considering that it is. Oh, I like it. Like the right, I like the writing of this this moment specifically mm-hmm. before yeah. we get to <laughs> we get to another favorite part of mine which is um after the story uh paul stands and walks off like some anime character telling a story <laughs> uh, <laughs> he walks off in the distance uh, telling his story uh and he comes across f- my favorite character Grim, aka Justin. Justin, Justin aka Grim. Who was played, played by... by Eli Roth. Yes. <laughs> my favorite character. I love this guy. Just, he's so out of place. He's yeah. awesome. Yeah, very... <laughs> the way... can, I wrote, can I read the note that I wrote yes, about please. him? Please. Yes, please. I wrote, <clears throat> I wrote, Justin, stranger who walks up and offers weed in parentheses huge bag and then i put kind of a weirdo he's awesome I mean, that's basically dude. it yeah no it's like it's spiky black uh, hair and a, a goatee and his dog remember his dog's name oh no what was his dog's name dr mambo dr mambo dr what <laughs> what was he a doctor Dr. Of? what Oh, oh, what gosh. was he a doctor of? You don't remember? <laughs> no. No. He was a doctor of being a dog. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Faced. Scratch. Oh, I remember the I face. I love this guy. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> so weird. This Why? Moment. Okay. I don't know. I know there's, like, a, another moment like this later on in the movie, which I won't get into, but yeah. why does everybody want to hang out with this crew so desperately? It's so weird. Yo. Like, Justin Justin walked up and was like, hey, you guys got room for one more? And they're like, uh, I don't know, because why? <laughs> and then when he offered his huge bag of weed, then they got excited yeah. and were like, yeah, yeah, come on, come on over. Hell yeah, dude. He was from Berkeley, which is in somewhere. I don't know. I I, know, I love this character, dude. Him <laughs> and another character later, which I think I, I know who you're referring to. The side character. Oh, yeah. Let, let's just say this. Every other character oh, you know. except, our main, except our main crew is way more interesting <laughs> than our main crew. I'm going to say Yeah. <clears throat> Justin... He's only there for like two minutes, but he, him and another character is like the biggest impression on me. Uh, so he says, <laughs> po- the positive bond, the weirdos, positive bonfire. Just the way he talks too is like this acting choice from Eli Roth in his own movie is fascinating. 
Uh, it just felt like he wanted to insert like a fun moment yeah. where he got to um, have a little cameo. Like it didn't real. I don't think it really served much of a purpose for the story. No, but no. It was it was goofy the, and fun. Yeah, this whole scene, apart from just introducing a dog, which is going to be important later, it has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> it's like uh, so. Yeah. Uh, so it walks up with. Dog named Dr. Mambo. What's he a doctor of being a dog? Scratch moated face. <laughs> He's got weed, so they let him sit at the positive bonfire. They talk for a bit, but then it starts to rain. So he's got to go. Nice little director cameo. I really enjoyed this scene here. Uh, so cut to inside of the cabin where they are, again, early 2000s. They are talking about masturbation stories for some reason. Uh, knock at the door. Who is it? Is it Grim? Nope. It's Henry looking even worse than before. Uh, he recognizes Bert because Bert shot him. Oh, uh, yeah. He shot him when he went squirrel hunting. With a BB gun, which I'm never really clear if it was a BB gun or is it a real gun because kind of inconsistent with the... But whatever. Uh, he recognizes Bert as the guy who shot him. Bert freaks out and does not want to help him. Which is harsh, but yeah. I mean, what are you going to yeah, do in that situation? Like, they're all freaked out because this guy yeah. looks rough. He clearly has something going on with his skin and they don't want to yeah. potentially be infected. Because um, it's pretty nasty. <sighs> these guys are... Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad these guys are idiots henry they tries... are idiots <laughs> yes henry tra... henry tries taking our cruise truck because Bert's they pal... left the keys in the truck yes which is why wouldn't you i don't, I don't know man it's fucking... <laughs> <I don't... laughs> the more i gotta remember it is no you gotta remember you're right he was 21 years old when he wrote this, which which is hard to tell because it's pretty solid. But then I can't, I don't, under, like some things, I don't know if it's just because he was like, this is his first script like that he wrote or if he wanted to do it on purpose, like, uh, like a choice. So it's kind of hard to judge it on that situation. But all right. So, yeah, he tries to take. I mean, if I'm playing yeah. devil's advocate when yeah. you are in a rural area like that, you don't really have yeah. to worry about leaving your keys in your car or leaving your doors unlocked to your home. Uh, yeah. 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 So I can, I can forgive them for that, but. Oh yeah. I'm talking about just a bunch of stuff in the movie. Yeah. This, I can imagine then I would still take the keys, but I guess yeah. in that situation you're feeling, you know, safer. Oh God, I can't, I haven't even gone through this since Henry tries taking our cruise tug. Bert, Paul, and Jeff come out and try to scare him away, but they just cause more damage to the truck with guns and bats and being idiots. That... And hermit, <laughs> and the hermit, or I guess Henry, he spews blood everywhere blood. inside the truck. Oh yeah, that's terrible, yeah. nasty. That's yeah. that's the one thing he did, <laughs> causing damage to the truck. Everything else was the three idiots. Uh, yeah. I, which okay, that makes sense because I guess they didn't want to touch him. Right. I mean, so they this were trying to scare him away. So stupid, though. Like, honestly, at that point, I'd be like, yeah, just drive yourself to a hospital. Go. 
go, 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 get out of here. And oh, then just like report your <laughs> truck missing or something. I don't know. But I wouldn't be hitting the truck with a baseball bat or shooting <laughs> or at shooting it or anything. It or shooting yeah. it with a poker. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are dumb as hell. Uh, all right, high I almost said something bad. <laughs> I was going to say they deserve to die. <laughs> that sounds so bad. I'm just kidding. Lynch Nobody is like that with all the characters. Every movie. <laughs> they deserve to die. Only if they're, you know, like stupid and harmful. <laughs> yeah. Or I mean... like they're just, yeah, okay. That... Now I feel mean. I'm sorry. Nah, it's fine. It's fine. It's so okay. Especially in this next thing, uh, Marcy and Karen spray him with something. They had a spray hairspray. Bottle. Hairspray. Was it Thank hairspray? you. That, that makes sense. sense. Okay, okay, makes sense. Uh, and Paul sets him on fire because he grabbed the wood with fire on it to scare him away and just touched him lightly, and that caused him to set a blaze. And they killed Flame a man. Up. Flame on, yeah. Cut to inside the cabin where they are talking about what happened. I don't. Jeff, did they know that oh. they killed him though? Like we saw him on fire running away, but I don't know if they saw the aftermath I mean, or anything. Like it's safe I, to assume, but yeah. I mean, what? I would assume he's dead by then. Yeah, like, I'm just yeah. checking because like. Afterwards, the, n- only uh, only the girls really seemed shaken up about that. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, or at least Karen. I don't remember where Marcy. Y- yeah, everybody just does their own thing, don't they? Just walk. That was another thing. With the, they just do whatever. Uh, I was gonna say cut, cut to talking about what happened, and at this point, they I can't call the police because their phone's out of range. Yeah, I mean, that's every, every movie. <laughs> it's, it's like... Uh, this was. I'm going to... Oh, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, it's kind of weird that they act like they're so remote, but then again, everybody knows what's going on there. I mean, mm. we'll get into it more, but you know, mm-hmm. you notice that? Yeah, yeah it, it feels... How the whole town seems to be already familiar with um, something going on with the livestock yeah. or... I'm not, um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. It, from the drive to the shop to the cabin and then back and forth, because they do it like back and forth a couple times in the movie, it doesn't seem more than like 20 minutes. Like, <laughs> they, get, they get to places so fast in this movie. It, it's, it doesn't seem that remote. I mean, the location right. itself does, but like places seem fairly close to each other in, in this movie. Uh, well, I guess it helps they have a truck. Uh, gets you moving quicker but even walking like we'll get to it but i, I made yeah. an observation here that i don't know why i wrote this down but watching it again like it's kind of true i don't know how you're gonna feel about this jeff in in the scene when they're talking about what happened has a very steve buscemi like delivery and the way he's <laughs> delivering lines just the way he like talks and pauses i don't know why that caught my attention I kind of liked his delivery here. It was it reminded me. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, next day, Bert and Jeff try to find someone to fix the truck. Marcy 
says she's going to get help. And this is where they just walk in different directions because apparently oh. they know where to walk to. Uh, can, can I jump yeah. in real quick? Yeah. So right before that, um, we don't see the, uh, the crew see this, but us, the audience, the viewers see this. But we do see the hermit uh, like face down in a lake. And then the camera sort of travels to um, the pipe that's connected to the lake. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, and, the then, and then it shows like Paul and Karen at the cabin by themselves, mm -hmm. drinking yep. water from the tap. Yep, I had it. Uh, yeah, it's right. Uh, yep, we see Henry's body in the river, infecting the water. Karen and Paul talk, and Karen is really shaking up, like she's the most shaking up about what happened. Going back to the pipe, real quick. Did anybody notice it was just a pipe connected? You know, it ran the lengthways to the cabin. It was just a pipe. <laughs> I mean, there's no pumps. There's no. You know Yo, what I mean? I, did, <laughs> what I didn't really saying? question it, but I don't know anything about water I mean, filtration systems or anything. <laughs> I was just sitting there going, okay, there's no pump pumping the water. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it looks more like an exit pipe than an inlet. Hey, it was pretty basic, wasn't it? Yeah. It is. There's also a question of why they're the only ones infected in the whole town at this. Yes. It's very convenient. There's a lot of stuff that's very convenient in this movie. That's yes. fine. Yes. <laughs> so Karen, yes, you're right. Karen drinks some water. She gone. She's done. She's very obviously infected. That's what the scene is telling us right here. Right. Uh, yeah. So it can be more obvious, which is kind of, I mean, I don't care about anybody in this movie, but. It's very interesting that she was the first choice that, as a character to go out of everybody. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bird and Jeff walk upon, upon, walk upon a woman cutting a hog in two, but she's ranting about how it's infected, I guess because it drank the water, even though she says there's an animal infecting everything around here, which I don't know how that makes sense. Uh, she offers to call Ricky for them. I skipped a bunch of stuff. She offers to call Ricky. They see a picture of Henry on her table. Henry is her cousin. They freak out. They run away. And they, yeah. Yeah. And they run, which I, why they should have taken the help, honestly. She wouldn't have well, known. Be because then they would have had to have admitted that they killed him. Would they have? I mean, it would come back to them. If they well, even mentioned that they came across him, then later on, then police could connect but, that they were the ones that killed him. Uh, I could I see the point being that it was her cousin. But I mean, as we're getting to the next scene, and Paul's talking to, you know, in the next scene, we'll get to it. But he kind of yeah, okay. lays it out there. Well, yeah, yeah but... Yeah. That's I can see why um, the other two were reluctant to. Oh, yeah, I can. Yeah, I can understand to, why they to were to explain to the cousin of yeah. the guy they just killed. Whereas Paul's situation is different. He's talking to a police officer later. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say. Um, okay. Another thing. Marcy go. Uh, Marcy Rose kayak slash boat slash canoe tube somewhere 
uh, goes inside house. Random house. She just miraculously happens yeah. across. Um, I don't know. Who are the other two guys' <laughs> name besides Paul? Douchebag Bert one and, and douchebag two. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah she is she scared by Bert. Them. In the house, which, how? How does this make sense? I don't. She <laughs> caught. She she rode to somewhere. They walked. I don't. This they'd walk fast, or she rose slow. Uh, yeah, I wrote here. They move fast. I. Another scene which doesn't. Uh, I, no, no, I'm wrong. It sets up for the next scene. Uh, if they if the cops knew about it, they would have been at the cabin by now. Smash cut to the cabin. Knock on the woods. Who is it? It's the cops. Uh, Deputy Winston is an interesting character. Uh, so Paul explain, pretty much explains everything to Deputy mm-hmm. Winston. But Deputy Winston only is only fixated on partying, man. He's the party man. You know how many parties we can get into? <sighs> he said all, the word party so many times. <laughs> Yo, because you're the party man, bro. Dude, hey, we're going to have so many parties. It's going to be crazy. Uh, was, so, yes, he brags I was about wondering it. if he was even a real sheriff when this scene <laughs> happened because it was just so bonkers to me. He was so unconcerned about uh, everything that Paul described to him. And, in fact, when Paul was saying that he thinks that he they killed him, killed the hermit guy or whatever, the sheriff was, or the, the deputy was so unconcerned, and he was like, yeah, man, you just had to do what you had to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to make a report. I told you I was going to make a report. It's and like, he just nah, kept yeah. talking about parties and partying. He, okay, apart from what happens later on, he's... No, never mind. I'm not even going to say it because, like, yeah, he's he's a scumbag too. Later on, it's not even. He appears to be like the. Oh, whatever. I, I don't know. I like to talk to him at least. He like seems like the fun is him and Justin. I guess Justin is the would, only. I knew one. you would like him. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> he's the most. Yeah. I... Okay. I guess. And then. Uh, fuck. Oh, I can't. Can speak. I just say? The, yeah, go ahead. And then the deputy, uh, I forgot his name, but he rides off on a bicycle. <laughs> yes. And then this is, I wrote down what Stratton said because it made me laugh. He said in his British accent, which you'll have to uh, imagine, he said, he's a bicycle cop in the middle of the forest. What the fuck? <laughs> Yo. It just made me laugh. It's a good way to get around. There's probably a bunch of good trails around there. It's good exercise. I'll, yeah, we'll get to him later on. He was definitely, like I said, every character apart from our main crew is way more interesting than our main crew. It's like it was like it was designed that way. I mean, at least his character made sense to show yeah, up because yeah. he's like no, a, he he's a lawman. Yeah, and I I think having him on a bicycle was. Uh, weird but at, at least it highlighted highlighted that it's hard to get like actual real help around here yeah yeah i just uh, wanted to note that yeah i was gonna say Deb, uh, he brags about how much he parties promises to have somebody come up in the morning to fix their truck or tow like have a tow truck in the morning so that's some good help uh bert and paul t- talk 
And Grim's dog comes up. Marcy scares dog away with gun. There's a lot of scaring stuff away with guns in this movie. Uh, There's a lot of that dog coming up. Yeah, that was literally the only reason Justin as a character exists is because for that dog. Oh, it's, okay. That was his dog. Point. Yeah. It's like no other reason. Uh, so inside the cabin, they agree to tell the cops what happened once they find a way to get out of there. Uh, and this is where we see Karen feeling more and more sick. She's obviously infected. She doesn't want to eat, but keeps drinking more water. Not good. <laughs> oh, and this is this is the scene that you were talking yep. about. Yeah. Paul and Karen. Or this is the way I wrote it, and you can talk about it. Paul and Karen are sleeping on the same bed together. Paul touches her thigh and sees how infected she is. Uh, anybody want to say anything about this scene? All right. <laughs> okay. Let me in here. Let me in, coach. Paul and Karen are spooning on the bed. She's sort of lethargic yeah. and not hungry because she's feeling sick. He And she's asleep. He is not asleep. He is filling up her body while she's asleep. He's like touching her breasts. And his hand goes down her stomach towards her nether regions while she's asleep. And I put this in caps in my notes. That is assault. It's not okay. Uh, anyway, he pulls his hand, and this this is where I stopped liking Paul. I like, Paul was may, maybe the only person I liked besides the two weirdos of the movie. I stopped liking Paul at this moment. He pulls his hand back, though, after touching her nether regions. And when he pulls his hand back, there's blood and, um, sort of body tissue all over his hand mm-hmm. and when he goes to he freaks out when he goes to the bathroom to wash off his hands he sees that there's blood at the sink as well um which is insane to me because that means that karen has already noticed that this was going on with her body and went to go wash off but she didn't tell anybody um this is when she I, th- I don't remember if she pulled the covers away or if he did, and we see uh, chunks of flesh um, missing from sort of her upper thigh around her nether regions. Uh, very nasty. Very nasty. And uh, it just, my mind was blown at this moment because why didn't she tell anybody this? Yeah, that that was loud i think yeah uh yeah yeah Yeah. uh she seemed like the most normal it was an interesting choice to have her as the first person infected and her not tell anybody because she seems like she was be the one who would tell somebody about what's happening i mean she definitely seemed like she would be the final girl you know what i mean yeah it would and it would be one thing if uh, it's a condition where your nerves are deadened, so you can't tell um, when your flesh is rotting away or something. Um, and that was kind of like Eli Roth's experience when he got his skin infection. He said that he was shaving his face, and uh, he was getting really bloody, and chunks were 
coming off, but he didn't feel that. He thought he was just really bad at shaving all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> but clearly she knew this was happening to her because we saw the mm -hmm. evidence of her going to the bathroom trying to wash herself off. Yeah. Crazy. You think you know someone, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yes, at this point, everybody freaks out. Bird especially does not want to get sick. Everybody, Bird and Jeff are the two who really do not want to get sick. Uh, everybody checks each other for any marks. Smart. It's a very smart thing to do. Uh, Maybe the only smart thing that they've done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that should be mandatory in any type of disease movie or zombie movie or anything. They take Karen outside to a shed. And Karen is pissed off. I really liked this when they were walking her to the shed and it's all quiet mm. and they bring her in. And, and the first thing you hear is she just looks at them and it's like, fuck you guys. Like, <laughs> I thought that was pretty, pretty good. Uh, yeah, it was interesting okay. to see her uh, personality sort of change a little bit just because she was pissed off. Oh, yeah. I wrote this here. Back half. So we're in the back half in this movie. I think this is going to be like the last 40 minutes here. Uh, Paul comes up. Paul decides to go out and do some more um, scouting for help. He comes up to a neighboring house. And can I just uh, fix what I said earlier? There's like two and a half sex scenes, including that assault that we saw earlier. But then mm -hmm. we saw another gratuitous nude uh, scene because Paul yeah. comes up to a neighboring house, looks through the window where he sees an attractive woman who's completely naked lying on a bed. And then her husband comes out and angrily yells at him for looking at his naked wife. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah, I don't understand what the point of that scene was. I just wanted to point out that. <laughs> well, again, again, it just shows how close other houses were to them. I mean, they were really isolated. They were just going to house to house to house. No, that makes sense. But the nakedness doesn't make any sense to me. Like... A lot of these scenes felt like something a 21-year-old man from the early yeah. 2000s wanted, would personally want to see. Like, it serves yeah. no purpose in the <laughs> plot. Uh, Maybe they just yeah. wanted to reinforce that Paul is really a creep. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to... Yeah, I think it shows that Paul is... Uh, it's, it's, there, important stuff is happening, and he's just caring about hot girls at the moment right yeah it does make him more yeah. unlikable because mm -hmm. yeah it's either just another scene that doesn't matter or a good writing of showing paul is not that great of a guy it's up to you really i mean <laughs> so. we literally just saw him assaulting a woman i already I, oh you already my yeah, feelings already were pretty that. yeah cemented there i guess well uh, I, I was going to say, uh, we're in the back half of the movie. This is where the movie gets crazy because, like I said, it's going to be a lot of people doing a lot of stuff at the same time. Different. Go for it. Just walking. Bert and Jeff argue inside the cabin. Paul breaks it up. And we see Bert drink water. Earlier, they made a bet to only drink beer, which would have saved them. Honestly, that was a good bet in hindsight. But Bert drinks water, losing the bet. And eventually his life way to go that was a good dummy. note because i didn't even uh, mm -hmm. catch that that it was mm -hmm. a bet that they had made mm -hmm. it's uh 
yeah so we we know that uh, as an audience we know that bert is done for pretty much uh we hear commotion outside grim's dog is trying to get into the shed trying to get to karen they scare it away and don't even i don't think they check on karen do they i think it just goes to the next scene <laughs> so even yeah, though they just keep reinforcing that they just keep reinforcing we're gonna be here all night yeah don't worry they should have checked on her uh right. uh the stupidest guy bert <laughs> He gets the truck to start. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, next day they are getting ready to leave. Karen is messed up. Bert starts to feel... Uh, yeah, Bert starts to feel the infection. We really get a... He's going we through We see it. that his nether regions are bloody, too. Like, he yeah. coughs up blood. And then, like, he, uns he unzips his pants and we see, like... We don't see his nether regions, thankfully. <laughs> but we see, like, uh, a glimpse of blood in that area yeah. yeah oof rough man uh they try and paul yeah. and marcy stupidly pick up karen to put her in the the truck yeah yeah they try to put karen in the car but she throws a blood uh yeah it's a big symptom uh nobody wants to get in the car so bert just drives away <laughs> Uh, yeah, Jeff, very smartly, I think throughout this whole time since the beginning, uh, Jeff has had a white cloth to his face, never taking yes. it away. So mm. that's, that's pretty smart, even though he's a, a douche. Uh, yeah, it's pretty smart, I'm going to say. Uh, so yeah, Bart drives away. Paul and Marcy are touching all over Karen. They're done. And Jeff is being a douche. Uh, oh, he Jeff does runs. smart. Yeah, Jeff runs into the woods. He steals a bunch of stuff and like drinks and then runs into the woods to get away from yeah, everyone. He, he sticks with the bed. He takes all the beer <laughs> yeah. and runs into the woods. Which is, we're going to get to it, but he's probably the smartest dude here. Uh, Bert's infection is getting worse and worse. Inside the cabin, Paul and Marcy have sex, of course. Marcy is infected, obviously. Her back is messed up. Uh in her okay. mind it was like well we're gonna die anyway yeah and she has some sort of line like when you're close to death you just want to look at the person who's next to you and be close to them or something like that and then we see them have sex as you said of course because that's the only th yeah and of course paul agrees so <laughs> sure i mean he's not gonna have sex with karen now <laughs> no with her <laughs> was she by the way, was Karen on the floor with it while those was happening? I think. No, I think, I think she was in the shed still. Oh my no? goodness, that's. I don't remember. I, don't I thought remember she was either. in the shed. No, I think she is because later on, yeah, I think it makes sense. She was in the shed. I thought they panned down to her being on the floor, and I'm always like, "Wow, that's awful." But, no, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine? <laughs> I thought, okay, yeah, oh my no, she's God. in the shed. Uh, she's in the shed. I'm sure. Uh... Okay, Bert drives up to the shop from earlier. He does not look good. Tells the uh, worker there, Dennis's dad, that his uh, Bert's friends are sick and that they need help. The worker goes in to call a doctor, I assume. And then this is the second thing I remember from this movie from when I was young. And that's why <laughs> I recommended it. <laughs> we see yeah. Dennis jump up out of his chair and do some ninja flips and some karate katas towards Bert and then he bites him on the hand while screaming pancakes 
for some reason. Yeah, that was totally out of the blue. It was crazy. It made me laugh. I want, yeah, I want to talk about that. I want you. I want to. Re- oh, that was crazy. Yeah, I said that was the second thing I remember from this movie from when I was young. That was vividly <laughs> in my mind because of how well, out of nowhere that was. <laughs> and he immediately knows something's wrong with Bert when he bites into him with his yeah. blood. Yeah. Yeah, he knows good fl- blood from bad blood, and Bert's got <laughs> bad blood. Definitely. Uh, Eli Roth is just he's doing anything at this movie. It must have been so fun at 21 making this movie. I couldn't even imagine. Uh, yeah, he's just doing whatever at this point. Okay, so Dennis bites uh, fucking Bert. Uh, uh, and this is when I got mad. I got mad at this. Dennis's dad blames Bert for mm-hmm. this, for his son doing that. Says that Bert is the problem and decides to hunt. Decides to hunt Bert down, and Bert is chased by these shop people, uh, idiots, into the woods, and his truck. Yeah, like they thing. drive after him. He uh, Dennis's yeah. stupid dad and two of his friends, I guess. And they're shooting at him, right? Like as they're yeah uh, chasing after him in their truck. Yeah, that just this 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 this, this ramps up so quick out of nowhere, <laughs> fucking just because Dennis bit him. And uh, yeah, so we cut back to Mar- um, a fucking what her name is Marcy in the cabin. Her back is messed up. She's in the bath at this point. I guess crying. And we see her. Yeah, very sad. Uh, Paul is fucking walking around. He sees, this is where he sees Henry's body in the river. And he accidentally falls in, in the reservoir. On top of the body. Gross. That's so gross. And he, he figures out that that is what cause is what is, that is, wow. He figures out that that is what is causing the infection. Finally, somebody knows. Maybe he can do something about it. Uh, oh, I mean, this, is it is it just through the water, or is it through skin to skin contact as well? Because it's that that that's never clear. I feel like it's. I guess it's through fluids. It's through water, and it's through Bodily touch. Fluids. And because he's through... already touched Karen at this point. Yeah. I imagine all of well, all of them except Jeff are infected at this point, even before he figures it out. Like, yeah. And that's another yeah. thing that's not really clear is like why they all get infected at different times. It might just be like yeah, COVID, yeah. where it affects everybody differently. That was the only uh, logic I could apply to it. Yeah, because I was almost to the point where like, is Paul immune? Because it took so that would have been cool if he was immune and well we'll get to it at the end uh (laughs) oh yeah this is the part that was wow marcy well i just wrote down marcy is shaving and she shaves skin off of her legs while shaving her legs wow that that part was like directly inspired by uh, eli roth's shaving experience when he had a skin disease yeah out of everything in the movie that is what got me because i uh, yeah it gave i me did not like that 
of my spine. I was like, Stratton yeah. had to turn away at that scene. Like that was the only point in all of the movies <sighs> we've watched so far that he had to turn his face away. But I was like, my eyes were glued to the screen because <laughs> I, I was trying. <laughs> I wanted to because I wanted. I knew it was going to happen. I knew we were going to see yeah. like flesh come away. But I wanted to know if it would be a reveal. Like, if she would just notice it, or if the razor would uh, sort of exasperate that and pull away more. Uh, I don't think it was really clear. I think I think the razor was supposed to pull away more skin, but it di- they didn't really have the special effects skills to pull that off. So, to me, yeah. it looked like Marcy suddenly realized she had a bunch of um, chunks of flesh missing, and then she cries even more and freaks out more yeah that's what got me even more is the fact that she didn't realize it until it was like three or four times in and i was like that was even worse for me i was like oh my god uh yeah yeah so that was that was messed up so yes she is messed up and she goes outside and is attacked by grim's dog I keep Dr. saying Mambo. Justin's dog, Doctor <laughs> Doctor Mambo. Yes, he is. Doctor Mambo, vicious, very vicious. Paul runs in from. Yeah, isn't there's no clear timeline and what what is like how how many minutes have passed before each scene is taking place. Paul just runs up after this and sees Marcy just messed up all over. Uh, Do we see yeah. her body? Because I only remember seeing her foot. Her foot, yeah. It was like, yeah. I guess, dismembered by the because dog. Because if we only see her foot... Like, do we... What? Uh, I, I just only remember seeing her foot. Yeah, Which was crazy her, to me. Yeah, but... Because Stratton yeah, she, said here, a dog doesn't just eat a whole person. And that made me laugh too. <laughs> I assumed that she was dismembered and the dog, like, just, scattered her you know, yeah, scattered around. her all, all over. Um, <laughs> it was like Dr. Mambo was the, the killer of the movie. Yeah. He did a lot of killing. He, he, he was like Wait, a surgeon. Wait, did he? Kind of, oh, two God. people. We'll get to it. Uh, Paul. Okay, Paul. Yeah, so Dr. Mambo kills Marcy. Paul arrives and the dog chases after him. He shoots it with a rifle. Is this the same rifle as the BB gun? Because if it is, then it isn't a BB gun. It's a real gun. <laughs> which, which, okay then. So it's a gun. Uh, or can BB guns kill dogs? I don't know, man. I don't know. Paul <laughs> kills the dog <laughs> and then goes into the shed. It sees Karen and reveals Karen's face, which is just like a skull at this point. Or like flesh and skull, which was a lot of her face is gone. Yeah. Gone, yes. which was pretty, pretty awesome effect. On it. That looked pretty, pretty great. Uh, and he kills her with a hammer, I guess, out of to take her out of her misery. I, I guess yeah, cause she does move reason. a little bit. She does move a little bit. Yes. Yeah, yeah, she's still alive. Yeah, which is oh but he goodness. he puts her out of her misery basically. Yeah. Wow. Which I respect. Paul, man. Yeah, I. Yeah, there's a lot of Paul stuff at the at, at this end here, which is 
Mason, I guess, kind of the main character, I guess, out of... Oh, yeah, then it gets, like, really fast-paced. Oh, yeah, it just does... Have to, the... Like I said... Just... Uh, uh, I was just going to say the aggressive men who were pursuing Bert before, and now they rock mm-hmm. up to the cabin where Paul is. Jeff, Paul, and Bert at this point are the only survivors. All the men, I guess. Dude, the timeline is so messed up in this movie. I have, <laughs> after that, Paul... <laughs> I guess Paul goes back into the cabin and then uh, hears Bert outside. And I guess Bert, and all that time, dragged himself to the cabin stairs. Paul drags Bert into the cabin. Hunters from the shop arrive at the cabin. Yes. Okay, there we go. They open the cabin door. And Bert gives a cool one-liner. I forget it. But he does, like an action movie star. He tries to shoot them, but they shoot him in the head real quick. And then Paul comes out of nowhere, right up from the side, and shoots one of the hunters, stabs another through the ear with a screwdriver. Screwdriver, and, yeah. Yeah. I like that then, part. Yeah, that was cool. And then impales Dennis's dad with a wooden spike, or a wooden wooden something. Paul suddenly becomes a badass, which is <laughs> yeah. kind of funny because earlier in the movie. Um, the other two guys were making fun of Paul's, calling him a P word. We didn't even mention yeah. that as one of the yeah. words that they say, but they were they call yeah. him a P word. And yet he's yeah, the they, most badass in the movie. Yeah, so, he, I have a question. Mm-hmm. The big goofy guy that was holding the box. What was in mm-hmm. the box? Oh yeah. I don't know. He tried to open it. Yeah, he tried to open it quick, and then he got stabbed yeah i remember seeing the box too but i don't remember i think i was so distracted by paul's badassery that i don't remember if <laughs> the box was revealed or not i don't I, he i'm was gonna just look it up while it. you guys continue what's in the box did at the i'm trying to remember uh, when dennis bit him and all that and they decide to go after him did he tell him to get the box did he tell him to get he told him to get something I think it was Okay, it's a mystery. Gun. It's literally think... not explained. Oh, I'm it's looking not explained. at IMDB. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. I guess it's uh, uh Marcellus Wallace's soul. Yeah, but I mean pulp fiction is a fucking uh, I'm not gonna get into a pulp fiction rant in this movie, <laughs> alright? We're gonna get there when we review pulp fiction, alright? Because <laughs> I love pulp fiction. I, I love I really pulp do. fiction too. And we, I can talk hours about why. I don't know if I would consider it a horror film, but we can make exceptions. <laughs> okay, <laughs> maybe bonus. Once in content. a while, bonus. Yeah, I love Pulp Fiction. I can talk about it for for hours. All right, Paul, dude, we're talking about Paul here. All right, Paul runs and finds a cave. Justin is dead inside. <laughs> weed guy, the guy with the huge that, bag of weed. Yeah, that was literally. My next line, I didn't even know I was confused. I'm looking right at it. Paul runs out and finds the hunter's truck. He is on the road. He accidentally crashes into a deer. Oh, because he notices (laughs) that his hand has a skin condition now. Yeah. Yeah. And he crashes into a deer, and I laughed because the effects on this deer was just... It reminded me of, like, Sam Raimi, like, Evil Dead kind of effects, so... I thought it was funny. It was so dumb, it was funny. Yeah. 
<laughs> just the way he freaks the out with so the little fake looking. Yeah, yeah, with the the little deer legs in the car and him freaking out, poking through the windshield. Yeah, that was just. That so was he good. shoots the deer. <laughs> yeah, he shoots it. It fucking goes on the road. He's like doing stuff. Um, the truck stops I think working. The truck. Yeah, it breaks down. Yeah. Uh oh. Paula stumbles into a party where Deputy Winston is at. Just partying, you know, party man is partying. Party man. He's partying. Uh, Paul looks like death. He is covered in blood. And everybody looks at him just like, what's up, guy? He asks Winston about the tow truck. Tow truck broke down, so they had to get another tow truck for the <laughs> tow truck. You know how it is. It's messed up, man. It was so close to getting a ride from Winston out of there, because Winston, even though he's a cop, he does not, I guess, care about him being covered in blood. He actually, at this point, feels sorry about not yeah, getting a like, tow truck up he's there. He's actually really nice and offers <laughs> to give Paul a ride. Yeah, yeah he's until actually concerned. He gets a call from another officer. Yeah, Winston, I can understand later why Winston is a cop, because when he's in business mode, he's serious about it. Even though he's party man, he can turn real quick, <laughs> <laughs> and we see that here. So he get uh, Winston gets a call on the cop police car radio about a bunch of kids, even though they're like thirty, a uh, bunch of kids in a cabin, uh, fucking going on a killing spree, uh, yes, and being infected with stuff, and then the mood, the mood changes, changes. quick, real quick, and this party no longer is a party now they're after him winston doesn't yeah you can you go for it because we have to talk about the harmonica player oh my goodness so like this this group of party people um it's like a big group uh but they're a lot of them are playing instruments and they're grooving out um when they get the call to shoot Paul on sight if they see him because he's walking around with the skin condition. The aggress the harmonica player starts aggressively playing the harmonica at Paul. The guitarist swings at Paul, accidentally <laughs> hits the harmonica player, making the harmonica player swallow the harmonica in a stupid and unrealistic way where you can see the harmonica sideways through his throat, like protruding through his throat, like almost cartoonishly. He falls on the ground, wheezing, and as he wheezes, there's harmonica sounds coming out as he wheezes. Just, uh, I had to lay the scene for the listener. Dude, this is some Looney Tunes stuff right here, like you said. Looney Tunes, exactly. It was a good, it was a good comedy. I like, I like this scene. This back half, is a strong ending of the movie, I guess. It you gets describe... really silly. <laughs> it does. Yeah. They were... like, was it the the guitar player? He's like, dude, didn't the walkie guy tell you to shoot him on sight? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but I don't got my gun. It's in the car. <laughs> like, why would Winston need a gun? Honestly, that's even more realistic than leaving the keys in the truck. Like, he, like... He's partying, dude. He's in a party. Yeah. Uh, yeah, smart. He's partying. Left his gun. Even though it is, even though it is a little weird, because when he picks up the, the walkie, he does say, "Yeah, I'm, I'm still looking for that underage party, yeah, for that thing." So, technically, the girls are underage, so I can't. Oh, that's can't, a good I can't point. side with that. 
can't side with him. Like even he specifically uh, wanted to hang out with these underage kids. Yeah. So that's why I stopped myself when I was saying like he's the only good character. Uh, not exactly. He's still a cop abusing his power. Position, Very yeah. political, especially mm-hmm. in. 2022. I don't want to get political here. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. Still a fun character. He's fucking goofy. If France, I was going to say, if France Kranz would play a character in this movie, he that that would be the character he played. He was a yeah in spirit. Like I already know, like what kind of characters you like based on the previous films we've watched, and you you would love this guy immediately. I liked him too. He was funny. Him and Justin. Justin a bit more just because uh, it's a cool cameo by the director. And just I, mm. I liked him the way he talked and his just the way he was fucking dumb. Just <laughs> dumb, dumb, dummies. Okay, let's get serious again. After that fight. Winston even isn't even mad about the fight that broke out or anything. Yeah. Or he's even attempting to catch Paul. He's just mad because the party like, broke up. And Paul <laughs> knocks him out. Like, Paul knocks yeah. out uh, Winston, and Winston's so chill that he doesn't even care. Yeah. Because when uh, uh, Paul's collapsed on the road, a semi-truck finds him and takes him to a hospital. And then later, like, we see Winston. Oh, well, I'm skipping ahead a lot, if you want to well, take no, 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 It's funny when the, oh. when the truck drops him off at the hospital and the guy in the mm. wheelchair is like, wheeling towards him and he looks at him he turns around and goes the other way <laughs> really i didn't see that <laughs> oh i didn't that's catch that funny. that's awesome yeah i was i was gonna say uh <laughs> well, yeah winston is more angry about the party being broken up than anything paul hits him with a piece of firewood he hit him with something i, don't, I didn't really catch I think he had a bat. It was, just, was it a bat jesus i think so yeah. ouch he could have killed him and, yeah he should have killed him yeah knocking him out <laughs> Did not, uh, I wrote here, did not confirm the kill. Always confirm the kill. Big mistake. Big mistake. Uh, Paul stumbles out of the woods. Yeah, passes out in the road. Very good passing out acting by Paul here. Truck stops. Yeah, drops him off at the hospital. They're wheeling Paul on a stretcher, and Paul is looking into different rooms, and he sees a man in a, was it a bunny suit? Yes. Really? For some reason, you didn't I must see that. I've been writing notes because I didn't see that. That's another. I don't know if that's a reference to, like, another movie. I'd have to check when certain movies came out. Like I was going to say, Donnie. I was thinking this. Yeah, Donnie Darko. Darko, or like Jacob's Ladder, or something like. Oh, is there a bunny suit in Jacob's Ladder? N- no, but just the okay, like so wheeling, Darko, wheeling through the hospital. Donnie Darko yeah. came out. Uh, two years before this movie. Oh, maybe. Maybe that was maybe. a reference. Maybe. It was a very a very odd, out of anything in this movie, just a man in a bunny suit working on somebody. Yeah, it felt very like it was they were acknowledging something. or yeah. Like- I mean, but honestly, like if we're talking about movies with men in giant bunny suits, there is a Jimmy Stewart movie called Harvey where there's uh, a man who hallucinates uh, a man in a bunny suit and that's from 1950 uh, maybe that's our bunny suit man trivia for the day or like there, the shining with the oh. yeah i was about to say the shining was there a bunny suit in the shining it was a dog suit but you know animal suit oh, okay. fur suit 
bunch of furries or anything. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Shout no, out no, to I'm the good. furries. Shout out to the furry community going strong. I know some people Thanks are for listening. pretty Thank you for listening. Yo, if our if we just had the furry uh, community as our listener base, I'd be fine with that. There's a bunch of them. Yeah. Uh, they're cool. I know some people. They're uh they didn't get pretty wild, but that's that's another thing. Uh <laughs> and next, okay. Uh yeah, Paul sees a man in a bunny suit for some reason for some reason. Probably a reference. Uh wakes up with the last thing you want to wake up to, which is being interrogated by a cop immediately. Which mm. I would hate that. Uh Paul is not doing well. <laughs> I, I don't know why I wrote that. Uh so Paul I skipped a bunch of the dialogue, but they pretty much just ask him about what happened in the cabin, like what's the story and everything. And Paul is just not going well. He's like, oh, he looked like Bert's marshmallow. Like he he's saying stuff that to other people would not make sense at all. He, he sounds very not there at that moment. And they decide to get rid of him. The cops just are not going to deal with this. So they put him in the back seat of Winston's car and he is driven somewhere. We do not know. And even at this point, Winston is, I, I'm guessing, being very condescending to him still yeah. talking in the same manner, but you can tell it's, it's not in the fun way as before, especially with his head wrapped like that. Right. A hit. <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh, Winston has a, it kind of has a dark side here. Next day, Jeff, fucking Jeff, stumbles out of the woods, walks all the way to the cabin. Only time they actually show any type of, like, distance, because they actually, he walks out of the woods, then you see the camera uh, fade into him walking on the road. Okay. There's there's time passing, and he walks to the cabin. That's very... Thank you for showing time passing at least once in this movie. Uh, so he goes into the cabin, sees that... Assumes that everybody else is dead. Starts to cry. <laughs> I thought because he was sad. No, uh, he's crying. He's crying tears of victory. He is celebrating that he is the only one left. He made it. Yes. He made it. He made it. He made it. He made it. Crying, laughing. Yeah. Crying, laughing. Uh, he made it's it. Like he made it. He and made laughing it. at the same time. Mm. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he made it all the way outside. Still celebrating. Eyes wide. Eyes wide open. I don't know. And he is shot dead by the cops outside. The they cops just weren't fill even him up with bullets. Mm. Yeah. Very. Well, not very. It's very. Well, it's very walking original. Oh no. Never mind. Skip that point I was going to say. Yes, Jeff is killed by the cops and we see uh police burns all the bodies there with uh, mm. Winston. Winston Winston says Winston is back. Winston is back very looking very official. He looks the most official he's looked in the whole movie and he is taking this seriously. And he, there's a line. I don't know if you. Winston says there's one more in the basement. Yes. Yeah, and that was Who the long. 
I had to ask Stratton this because he paid more attention to this part than I did, but the aggressors from before that pursued Bert, um, yeah. the, from the, uh, the general store, it was the long haired man of yes. that group of three aggressors. He was the one in the cellar or basement or whatever. Paul dragged him into the house and threw him in the cellar. And that's his oh. point. I'm, I'm wondering like why, but then he tells them, he goes, tell them it wasn't us. It's a disease or something like that. Oh, I missed that completely. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Cause that line threw me off when watching. I'm like, this is just going to be another thing that's never explained. <laughs> like there was one more person we didn't know about or something. Uh, <laughs> like a creep, a weirdo, just hanging out yeah. while all these young adults are hanging out at the cabin yeah. too. <laughs> There's always a monster in the basement, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah that have been a crazy twist if there was somebody like a an actual serial killer that whole time, but everybody was killed off by an infection instead of him. <laughs> yeah. He's like WTF. Yeah, <laughs> just a just an aggressive redneck in this case. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yes, we're we're almost at the end here. Police burns all the bodies, and we cut to some kids walking with a Gatorade jug, orange one, classic. Uh, going <laughs> to collect water. Uh, and we pan to Paul's body. I guess they dumped him in the river reservoir lake. Harsh. harsh, harsh, harsh. He's dead i'm assuming i'm assuming he's not just passed out uh even though they've never showed him get killed so you never know uh and so we cut to after that at the shop kids are selling lemonade and the cops buy it so everybody's getting infected by these little kids with and, this contaminated lake water right disgusting and then and then <laughs> we see I'm just gonna. Uh, movie ends with a callback to a joke from earlier in the shop that I can't yeah, we get the payoff. say. We got the payoff to a joke, which I can't say or really explain. Uh, the but... the old man that we saw in the beginning in the general store who said the N word. Yeah. Now he's yeah. saying it um, in a familiar sort of way with a group of uh, black customers, uh, yeah. like calling them that, and they're just like. <laughs> Yeah, Friend, they're they're responding in a friendly, friendly. way. Um, I don't buy it. I don't believe it. It's uh, <laughs> it just feels like a cheap way for Eli Roth to make that joke without getting in trouble. But yeah, n- no, well, it's a way. To, it's a very. It's a way to uh, I guess uh, excuse the old man from i guess being a racist at that point it calls back to the rifle that he spoke about at the beginning he was actually working on it for them Mm. yeah and then the movie just ends with uh (laughs) people playing banjos it's very sudden and it's over yeah and that's that movie so (laughs) i'm i'm very i'm very lightheaded right now drinking the lemonade yeah, and everybody. Why didn't the kids use dead. tap water? Like, I'm sure the general store had tap water accessible. Well, you remember at the beginning of the movie when he um, bit his hand and he told him to go back around back to the stream and wash it off. So I don't know if that's just their main source of water was the stream behind These the general store. These people are nasty. Like, no, <laughs> that's not There's- a good idea. 
Yeah, there's de- uh, there's definitely been dead things in the stream before. Like, like you shouldn't drink out of like a lake anyway. There's parasites and stuff. Like you can get sick that way. I don't. I'm. Yeah. Logic. Yeah. Not worth. Not worth oh. diving into logic in a horror film, especially this one, written by a 21 year old. <laughs> 2002. <laughs> yeah. 2002. Oh man, dude. It's a. Uh, it's a movie. It was a ride. That's a wrap. It was. That was a wild ride. Yeah. That's. It's more fitting. That's all, folks. It's a very Looney Tunes <laughs> movie. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man dude i don't even know where to go from here i guess we can give our review of it and opinions who wants yeah. to start because i think it's uh, i think this is going to be it's two hours recording and i got some stuff to say i don't know i don't know if anybody okay. else wants to start I can, I can be really zippy about it unless aaron wants mm-hmm. to go first i'll go first because i think mine's going to be really short okay so going through watching the movie and like reading some of the reviews online as we tend to do, um, it's either people love this movie or they hate it. And I don't fall into either one of those categories. I don't exactly love this movie. I liked it a lot and I don't hate it. And yes, for the time, you know, there's some jokes that, don't ring well in today's environment, which they shouldn't, honestly. But taking the movie as it is, I really did enjoy it. It was fun to watch. It was fast paced. There was a lot going on. And I think sometimes I try to put too much into a movie. Like, why did this happen? Why did that happen? Why did it do this? You know, and sometimes you just got to shut that off and watch it. So if you take an hour and a half, take this movie for what it is, give it a watch. I think you'll like it. I enjoyed it. Um, it was a good movie to close out our series on summer camps. Mm-hmm. And so as far as the score, on a scale of 10, I'll say I'll do my scale as Dr. Mambo's. <laughs> on a scale of 10 Dr. Mambo's, I would give this a solid six. Nice. Mm. Not good. I mean, not great. But not bad. So yeah, I think that's totally fair. Um, I guess I'll just jump into my review too. I'm totally on the same page as you. Like you sort of have to take this movie for what it is. Um, there were some bad moments, of course, but there were also some really entertaining moments. Um, there's some outdated humor in it, and some things that were passed off as okay when. In reality, they aren't okay. Um, not just the uh, language that was used sometimes, but also like that sex assault scene, not okay. Um, the writing was a little iffy sometimes, but uh, there were some good moments too. Like, there were some genuinely funny moments, um, there were some disturbing scenes. Um, this was honestly the scariest of the three uh, sort of summer camp movies we've watched and I appreciated that it was just it was fun to uh, watch something with a different tone and overall like I was entertained by it Um, so I'm gonna give it four out of five giant bags of weed 
Oh. 4.5. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. 4.5 out of 10 giant bags of weed. <laughs> out of... Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than what yeah. I read in the last movie. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. I remember... I don't know why this... I Oh, no. I know why this movie stuck with me since I was a kid. I bought it. I watched so many weird movies when I was a kid, and most of them were boring as hell. This movie is at least entertaining. There's... I don't know. It starts like any other 2000s horror movie, like kind of abrasive in its tone and humor. But once it gets into the back half, it just goes more into comedy. And (laughs) I don't know, man. Sort of a weird way to end things. Yeah, it's so abrupt. Like this... You have to watch anybody who listens. I recommend watching this movie because, like, like, like it's you, you either hate it or like it or don't care about it. But just it's an experience to watch it. Yeah, I would recommend watching it. It's it. I think it's way. It would be more fun to have a group of people watching it together and just riffing on it. Like you don't even really have to pay attention to it much because I think it's like just Pretty watching it is. Pretty straightforward, and just watching it for its lunacy of what it is, and these dumb characters, and these fucking <laughs> Justin and fucking Winston, and everything. I like it a lot. There is my <laughs> duo. None of the main crew I liked at all, and I think that works for it for some reason. I don't know. I think I'm going to bump. What was the name? You might be the killer. That was the last one we reviewed. I'm going to bump that one to a six. I'm going to give this one a seven. I'm going to judge every other movie we watch based on this (laughs) one. This one is a solid seven for me. I think it's very recommendable, even though it is outdated in some of its parts. It could be uncomfortable. I do understand that. But for a ride to have on, like, you want to watch a fucking crazy movie with some friends, I think this could be an entertaining watch. And there's a reason it stuck with me <laughs> for so long. Yeah, because I can it's, see why. It's, it's, it's dumb as hell. And it was made by a 21-year-old <laughs> first movie. with It was given some budget who got the inspiration while being in Iceland at 19 and wrote a script. This whole man's fucking story behind this movie is... It, 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 it's It comes from a, uh, a, a fucking backstory generator you make. It's so... Uh, it's like the movie. It's out of nowhere. And you, people just have to watch it. It's, yeah. I liked it. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. I am delirious right now. Anyway, Thank you for listening to the Stories to Dismember podcast. Please be sure to tell your friends, subscribe, and leave a rating. You can contact us at storiestodismember at gmail.com, and we'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on TikTok at Stories to Dismember. The music for Stories to Dismember is provided by Wen Feather, and episodes are edited by Stratton Meyer. We can't wait to hang out with you next time. Bye-bye.